In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is John Fry, the producer for the C2C Podcast, stepping in for Derek today. I'm really excited to have our next guest, Vicki Cumberbatch, who is the community manager over at Osmosis. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how she runs a community of medical professionals and the changes she has had to make during COVID, protecting your mental health as a community manager, very important, and how they were able to find events that their community loved and scaled them virtually while still keeping a very personal touch. Take a listen. Vicki, could you describe what Osmosis is and what you do in your role there? Osmosis is a seriously user-friendly, modern digital tool, which gives medical and nursing students what they need to be the best clinicians possible. So that's clear, concise, and enjoyable medical education through fun videos. We have like a really great video content team. I started out doing voiceovers, so very attached to that team. And then in my role as a community manager, so... I'm more aligned with our people team than our marketing team, which I think is a smidgen more unique than what is typically found. And Hmm. I essentially project and program manage, shocker of community managers everywhere, a pretty niche community of global medical students. So from the outside, it's brand ambassador, you know, get this product for free in exchange for XYZ. But actually our program, which is called Osmosis Medical Education Fellowship, so I call them OMEFs, we're really, really, really high touch right. community where we see retention semester to semester, um, as well as leveling up into leadership roles. So it's way less, almost very little, get this product for free in order to do these things. And we provide skill building workshops. We have a meeting tonight um, on relationship building, for example. And so they host two events a semester. They write a blog post, but they can get a letter of recommendation and they can get um, a lot more things from us as well. And I'm talking to OMFs every day, like on one-to-ones and in DMs. So it's pretty high touch, I think. Yeah, it's both, you know, very high touch, but also just the the subject matter at hand, right? It's it's much more serious than, you know, software tools or, or what have you. Yeah, absolutely. And especially during COVID, right? Like this is so relevant and it's not only it, COVID is affecting everybody, but just medical education is being tossed to the forefront of a lot of conversations, I think, in right. spaces where maybe those conversations weren't happening. So you you mentioned a few of the things your community program does. It's very multifaceted. You have study sessions, virtual events, even tea times yes. uh, that I read. So I would love for you to kind of break down what are like the core facets of the community that, you know, are, are the most effective So I think to understand that, I would have to just drill in how mission and value driven osmosis is, right? Like we live and breathe that mission and values. And I'm talking about every team meeting, every hands on call on Mondays, we go over them and we relay stories that have to do with the values. So Hmm. we truly do live and breathe it. So it's important to note that 
not only we want to empower clinicians and caregivers, so you, me, you know, whoever, with the best learning experience possible, but the mission of the OMFs is slightly different in that we're supporting that by growing, engaging, and developing a team of osmosis leaders to spread the culture and values across the globe. So for that, I think I needed to like create that preface. Right. So the most effective aspects, I'm thinking of two, I can go down a list. I think probably <laughs> any community manager would feel, you know, that way, but the two events within a semester allow students to do what they do anyway, which is study. So we don't give too much of a stipulation around what kind of events you need to do. They can be a study session. They can be a wellness event. You can go to the homeless shelter. You can go to a children's hospital and send spread joy card. We have these e-cards that are called spread joy cards. Oh, I love that. And you can send them to people um, or what have you. So they can do what they do already. And then they can teach what they know using this tool, which can help their peers, right? So that's so aligned with our mission and values, spreading joy, having each other's backs, starting with the heart. Okay, these are some of our values. And I think the second most effective is Slack engagement, maybe or maybe not laughably, but it's just such a huge component, less in the general engagement tracking, but more because our OMFs can feel so much closer to this company that they love and revere. So they can slide into the DMs of our chief medical officer, right? right? Rishi Desai, (laughs) who who has been featured on everywhere lately. And that is just as okay as sliding into the DMs of someone on the content team and saying, hey, I saw that you have this aspect and it's in this language and you know, it would be really great if it could be in this language. What do you think about translation efforts? And there's this space for ingenuity and creativity to occur that again, I feel like sets us apart a bit. So those two things are probably the most effective if I had to choose. Yeah, so it sounds like you found all of these really awesome and creative, I might add, kind of event types with the volunteering. And were those all like, hey, let's try a bunch of ideas and these were the best ones? Like, how did you kind of come across those creative ideas? I will take zero of that credit. <laughs> and um, that was certainly due to OMFs, right? Them coming to me and saying, I cannot host an event at school because they can't have some semblance of brand ambassadorship, right? Uh, Although we try to designate, but what are you going to do? A school sees whatever it sees. Yeah. So the OMF will come to me with a question and a resolution, typically, which is great. And the first few I saw was like, oh, maybe these are ad hoc, random. But then they started really coming in, showing more engagement from the people that were attending their events. Like, for example, we provide a reimburse so they can be reimbursed up to a certain amount for event stuffs, pizza party, swag, blah. And someone wanted to host an event, a wellness event in a yoga studio. So they went to a local business, asked if they could rent out the studio, how many students could arrive. They had an RSVP form. They used the money for that. And they did half yoga and half talking about the platform. I mean, what in the, that's the best thing I've ever heard, you know? And um, I, how could I possibly say no to that? That was engagement. They want to do it. More students want to join the next time. Mm -hmm. So I can't take any credit for that. They are my bread and butter. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, we all have this resource that is the community. So it's like, hey, let's use the community to help the community. What a concept. Yes. Yes, Love and it. they're full of opinions. Yes. Trust, so <laughs> I don't doubt that. Right. And so this this little thing called uh, COVID nineteen happened. So it sounds like you were running all uh, these super awesome events, right? In person yoga, uh, pizza parties, sounds so lovely. Right. So please walk me through how you went about adjusting 
you know, all of those events and activities you're doing and maybe what worked and, and what didn't work so well? So COVID, what's that? Oh my God, what a <laughs> original nightmare yeah. um, in the beginning for sure. And that was primarily because okay, we're a health education company in the midst of a major health crisis. Schools are going to be coming to us much more soon if we're not seeing it yet, right? Like this is March, April thinking. Right. Um, so it was all hands on deck in the company side and everybody was doing everything. You know, we started a podcast in that time and we started so many different aspects and community was struggling because those are my med students. These are med students and yeah. many of them are international. They're outside of the U.S. So they were, our international students were affected much sooner, March, April, before our U.S.-based students. So it was, it, that imbalance was difficult at first to recognize, like, is this mm. going to be serious? Like, right. are you saying you just can't do an event or are you actually being asked to go to your home country because you're being shuttled out of this country because of COVID, wow. which some of my students were in Italy. And, you know, in the beginning, Italy was right. atrocious. So that was difficult to recognize. Once you did, because you had like about two days to figure that out because there was no time. The things that changed quickly were having the events be virtual. So medical students, bless them. They are the most capable, the smartest individuals in the world, but with tech things are dicey. So using Google Calendar, let alone Zoom, okay, is like a big ask. And this very interesting change, I don't even understand. It's psychological, it must be. But buying Zoom professional, I think it was professional, not enterprise, and offering that to OMFs, you can use our Zoom, you know, for unlimited time and however many. We saw more events happen than in-person events. Right. And they can have Zoom for free. And and I think during COVID, you there the limitations were lifted for Zoom where you could have um, unlimited time and there were these different things. Yeah. So we saw more events. Tea times were started at that time by a regional leader. So that's like a leader of a region mm -hmm. and they oversee a smaller cohort, right? And these were just bring your own beverage at a certain time. We'll talk, we'll, we'll shoot the, you know, so they just talked about anything. It didn't have to be program related or COVID related. It could be just release vent. We had unprecedented survey completion. We have a monthly survey. Everybody completed that. We just saw so much more solidarity, so much more of people wanting to engage with each other that it incited a lot of creativity as well. Our mentorship program started as, as a result of COVID. So these are all beautiful things, right? Of course, but balance. So yeah, everything wasn't Rose's joy. I'd say what was most difficult for me and our regional leads was the deep emotional turmoil that a lot of our students were feeling because they have absolutely no idea till today what's going to happen with their medical educations. So this is huge. Medical education is so staggeringly expensive and so staggeringly competitive that, you know, you're finally in, you're going, 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 you're going to do your rotations where you, you know, you have your different time frames in, in pediatrics or this or that. And now you can't because you can't do anything in person. And I have students in the OMF program that are in New York where we all received an, like an Amber Alert on our iPhones. If you know any nurses or doctors, send them to New York. But our OMFs can't engage with that at all. They can't get this on-hand experience because it won't match. 
what they need from their school. Oh, oh, wow. So the school will have sent a lot of limitations. The schools didn't get their stuff on track. And it, it, it's caused so much, as you can imagine, just distress. And that, you, you hang on to all of that because everything is Zoom now. It's hard. We had to be way more lenient than ever before regarding responsiveness. We have like a 48 hour, you have to respond on Slack and email or whatever. And pff, I mean, if people are flying to different countries trying to find their family members, that you, you can't. Yeah. That would just be outrageous. Yeah. And then probably the last thing is we did a lot more check-ins on people and how they're doing, what's going on. But maybe maybe the follow-up after those check-ins just didn't happen because really there's only so many of myself and the regional leads and there's so many OMFs and everybody had a story and everybody was dealing with something. It was really, it, it took, uh, I would say, a bit more of an emotional toll. So it was great. We got some great things, but... You know, the emotional stuff is, is quite real, especially if you are in communication with your community so often. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, a, a community manager, essentially a therapist for <laughs> a insane number of people, right? You're just Correct. A massive crowd. Yep. So yeah, walk, walk me through that. What did you do personally? I mean, gosh, like I'm sure it must be hard for, you know, any community with the, with the what the members are going through, but this being people in health, like I, I can only imagine. So yeah, what what did you do personally to stay centered, take care of your mental health and, and whatnot? It's a great question. LOL <laughs> at me trying to have any mental health at that time. So, you know, that's certainly like everything with the community was going well and I was like falling apart inside. Yeah. It definitely was not as simple as I'd have hoped being an only child. You know, I'm very used to my own company, like totally fine on that end. Um, and I've been remote. Osmosis has been remote. So it's not a new COVID thing. We've been remote from the start. So that was no problem. But mm -hmm. I think things started to go downhill because I saw myself being a workaholic. Um, I brought work into the weekends. I really stopped exercising due to just zero lack of motivation. And I felt like everything was major heart surgery. Like everything had to be answered yesterday. Yeah. And especially when you're so kind of emotionally invested with individual community members, you don't want to leave them hanging, even if it is a Sunday for you. Yeah. So, ah, like that was, that was tough. I felt like an almost ready to pop balloon, you know, like pressured, but I can handle another breath. And then I just had to stop because it wasn't good. And people were checking in on me and they were like, listen, you're not looking <laughs> um, so, which I appreciate them, you know, yeah. but so now I've like input my lunchtime into my calendar <laughs> daily and I take that time off. I'm offline. I'm taking a walk. I'm doing something else. I meal prep, sign up for an Instagram TV workout regimen, like, okay, no shame. And I stop work when I say I'm going to, and then I'm done. And my notifications aren't on my phone. And I tell my regional leads, you don't work on the weekends. Like, I don't, you not. Hmm. And I started rereading Harry Potter. So I'm on Goblet of yes. Fire. You know, I highly you approve gotta, of that. You got to do yes. that when you're anxious. And it's wild because you can think in the moment, like you said, oh, I need to respond to all of these, especially like these are community members dealing with their own things. But then at the end of the day, like honestly, like if you keep doing that, then it's less productive than here's my lunch. Bingo. Here's my everything yep. else. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear uh, that you were able to. <laughs> Regain turn some, things around. Yeah, turn things around and uh, good tips for our listeners. So let's talk about, so now you have all these new events popping up, which is awesome. So there's clearly some benefits from that. How do you, you know, tie back to Osmosis's goals, right? How do you look at just like, obviously Osmosis is extremely community 
centric, right? But um, how do you kind of like show the value and display the value of the community? Well, no surprise that business goals and community typically find themselves with a bit of friction. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what's most fortunate is that the osmosis product is something that has to be engaged with. So it's not like a you buy it one time and you use it one time or something like that. You have to continuously be using it. So at minimum, if absolutely nothing else could be trackable, the ability to track OMEF engagement versus other learners is a need to have. Mm, so right. if everything else was straight up, you know, ethereal community, that's great, but these can have numbers. I would say the more events that are hosted, of course, there's a higher likelihood there is for purchases, renewals, potential B2B partnership, right? So need to have, that's a need to have. The event portion really can never go away. For example, we started this current cohort on August 3rd. Um, and since then we've had events garnering over a thousand primarily virtual attendees wow. from a group of 95 OMEP. So, I, I mean, that's really nothing to scoff at. That's quite a bit considering these students still, their educations are up in the air and they're still trying to engage with, with one of their favorite platforms. So those are some great ones. And another one that is really significant is that we're able to source internally, right, for ad hoc projects, typically around content. So that could be tagging certain things in the back end, like we're, we're trying to interweave DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion aspects more into each team that we have. So tagging, for example, is something that could be in that frame. Also design of the platform. So we have focus groups. OMEFs are the only ones that really get notified about a focus group. So right. they may you know, do that. They can apply to certain things. And of course, research and, and a variety of other things as well. So those opportunities that are short-term 1099 contractor-esque things now they do not need to be put on the careers page they are typically taken up by omfs which is wonderful they're already they love the platform they know how to use it yeah they know how to talk to all of the osmosis teammates on slack they already <laughs> know how it moves so it makes a lot of sense now that how do you like measure that adequately besides this many OMFs are part of this project, right? Right. But how much more it is, is inevitably they, they become a question writer and they work for us. We have, we have a few examples of that. So to me, that's it, that community and relationship building and long-term diligence, that's the purpose of, of community. So that feels like it's a need to have. No, absolutely. I love it. And you know, now that you have let's say in a post-COVID world, whenever that, whenever that's going to be. Right, right, right. What's that? What's that? Uh, but eventually, I'm sure we will find ourselves there. You now have this you know, yeah. great virtual component as well. And of course, you want to get back to your yoga studios and yes. pizza parties. So how are you just thinking about that in general? Like, what would you like to keep continuing and encourage? I want to keep continuing. Well, tea times are great because <laughs> they... It sounds lovely. Yeah. And it feels lovely <laughs> when you can connect. And, and I think... To that point, also medical students, I would I would liken to maybe law students or MBA students, right? That high competitiveness, lots of anxiety, maybe they're overworked and overburdened and stressed. They may not collaborate so much with their actual peers. But here, because they're all not going to the same school, so they're not like outright visually, I can see that you're competing against me name to name. There's a bit of a leniency. They're, they're like, okay, yeah, I'm willing to co-host this event virtually, which I've never done before. I don't even really know what that means. And they're working together across time zones. And 
I, I mean, that has to stay. That to me is like, wow. And they're gaining skills. This is excellent. And then I would say something else that's on the horizon is, is so we have OMEFs, medical education, and we're going to inevitably want to incorporate nursing students, um, PA students, different types of students. Right. So what does that look like? Because those personas are much different than medical students who are like full-time at school. Maybe we just released a CNA, a certified nursing assistant program through osmosis. So that's happening. And uh, community forum is a hope to have. That is something that I, I want to get towards so that OMEFs can moderate that at current, there's not really a place for our learners to communicate with one another that isn't just like on the help page or something like this. And it being on Facebook, you know, not exactly what we want. So it's kind of a farther goal, but that would be something I think that would then become that third pillar. So it's like mentorship, community forum, and then straight up OMF program in general. Those are, I think, a little bit of a balance of to keeps and to haves eventually. I don't think anything needs to go right as yet. Just stacking on top of all the programs you already have. Yeah. I think so because I envision this program as being really never more than 200. So I think that's probably another difference is with this program, it's very intimate and niche and that is what makes it really something. Um, so to have the larger scalable um, community, that would be more of a community forum. Uh, for later, but that's a huge, that's a big lift, I'm sure. As yeah. Well. So, uh, you know, <laughs> but, and it also sounds like too, like you have these different groups as well, right? So it's like, we, we're not just going to like go hard on this one thing. We can expand it to include other people that are in the medical space. So, right. And isn't that a joy? Wouldn't it be lovely to be able to include as many people in a space as possible? Yes. So yes, so that is certainly the goal Love it. We're wrapping up and coming to the end here, but we, we can't leave without asking the question we ask at the end of every episode. Mm -hmm. What is a community that you love and why do you love it? Okay. I did not have to think long about this. <laughs> I already knew. So there's a Facebook group called Girls Love Travel, which sounds obvious. And it is, in fact, for those identifying as Very women that love to travel. Right, exactly. And oh my God, it's one of those groups that started out as this little boo-boo Facebook group and blew up. You know, now they host trips and they have great moderators, especially like right now during this hot racial moment. Like they're kicking people out left and right. And I'm like, whoa, okay, I, I see you. Yeah. I'm I'm liking the consistency. Yeah. But this group, I have to I have to tell you, John, this is a little bit of a story, but I was on there when I traveled to Australia with my mom years ago and I asked on the group, should I take this long 10, 11 hour drive or should I fly from Melbourne to Adelaide, Radelaide? And um, a few people responded and one said, oh yeah, you should definitely fly and I'll pick you up. Right. So like, wow. first of all, I'm a millennial. So I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. fine. My mom is not a <laughs> right, millennial. Right. And I was thinking, oh, should I tell her I'm going to, we're going to meet this woman online. So we did. Mom was fine. She picked us up with her girlfriend, brought us to brunch, and then was with us the entire week that we were in Adelaide. Wow. I mean, brought us coffees every day, brought us around to wineries. We had an excellent time. And it was, you know, when you're able to take a community that's online and you don't really know anybody into tangible real life world, that I'll never get out of that community now as a result of that one experience. So much good comes from this community. And that that's the purpose. That's that's the whole thing. Interacting with humans. 
Who would have thought? Right. Who would have thought? I don't know. It seems novel, but, you know, nothing like going back in history to get what we need. <laughs> exactly. Well, awesome, Vicky. Thank you so much for being on the show. Really loved having you. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod. 